This is the Memphis Real Estate Hour on KWAM. And now, here's your host, Dean Harris. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Memphis Real Estate Hour. Appreciate you guys tuning in this morning. Uh, some of you guys are tuning in here on Facebook Live, so I appreciate you guys joining us there. Um, the Memphis Real Estate Hour, you can you can not only hear it here uh, live on the radio, but you can also go to the show's Facebook page, uh, the, Mem- the Memphis Real Estate Hour, and you can check out all the past shows. Uh, today, after this show, I'll post it on there too, so if you miss any part of this, you can go back. And then it's got, I don't know, 50, 60, 65 shows, past shows that are on there now. They're all titled. You can watch them at your own, on, uh, on your own time. Uh, the Memphis Real Estate Hour concentrates on investing in Memphis real estate, and we will focus on all those related topics. I will discuss local and national investment trends as well as give you an inside look at what it takes to become an investor here in Memphis or what it takes to become a better investor or even a bigger investor here in Memphis. Um, I remind you guys every single show that I'm here that I am an investor. So if you have that old home that you need to sell quickly, or if you know someone that has that home they need to sell quickly, shoot me an email, dean at crestcore.com, and I'll get you cash offer on that home today. I don't care what shape it's in. I don't care where it's at or where it's located. Anywhere in West Tennessee, North Mississippi, uh, we'll be able to help you out and get you an offer on that today. Uh, Last week on the show, we talked about local banks and how to use them um, not use in a negative light, but use them to help build your portfolio. We um, got a ton of response on that. We usually do because local banks are the ones that can go to our investors and make um, a lot of their goals and a lot of their um, uh, targets, you know, attainable. A lot of times you don't use the big national conglomerates. You use uh, your local banks here in town. So go back to the Facebook page again. That one's on there, the Memphis Real Estate Hour. You can go back in last week's and listen to that show and um, what we talk about local banks. Today we're talking about Dan and Butler and I. Dan, welcome. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? You know, I'm fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited about today's uh, show. Let's just dive right into it. It is Becoming Bankable, the Five C's of Credit. Um, yeah. You know, we, we have a ton of investors that will pay cash, mm-hmm. um, but we also have just as many, maybe even maybe even a few more, that that are borrowing. Yeah. Um, whether it's one house or one one multifamily unit, or if they're doing a package loan or what have you, they're 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 looking to borrow. Um, and at some point, the people with cash are going to run out and need to borrow, or I say need if they want to keep growing, they're going to have to leverage. That's right. So. That's right. So today we're going to get into the five C's of credit. Those five C's are character, capacity, capital, collateral, and conditions. And we're going to break these down. Um, yeah, it's funny, uh, you know, practice what I preach. I met with a banker yesterday afternoon, <clears throat> kind of give him an update where we are, you know, trying to loan a little bit of more money and just talk through that, that process. And um, I was telling him about the radio show yesterday, you know, last week and response we got with local banks yeah you know he's very appreciative but he i told him about the five c's this morning he's like would you believe that 85 percent of bankers cannot name the five c's really like like this is like the foundation of how you underwrite this is what we're about to share today is the foundation of what we underwrite you know like yeah you didn't create this these five c's this is what bankers use that's what bankers use we're just going to articulate with stories and how we look at it and how we've you know um 
been able to utilize it for, you know, the last 15, 20 years, you know, I'm in our relationship with Luke Amanks. Yeah, 85%. He's like, and, you know, even him, he couldn't name the exact words. He named four out of five, and I did two. You know, I was like, well, I better figure out that fifth one before the <laughs> show today. But, <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, just the fact that uh, if, so I, I started thinking about that. I was like, on the flip side, if you're an investor or want to be an investor and you really learn these five C's and understand the makeup of these that we're about to go through today, like you're going to sound and, and come across to your banker is so, you know what I mean? Like well-versed and knowledgeable yep. and wise and just you've come done your homework, educated. you're educated, mm-hmm. you, you got to, you know, sh- you should be able to, you know, I always call it create a story. You should be able to create a story of e- with, within each one of these five C's for yourself of how you, you know, how you handle character and how you do the capacity and what you're doing about the capital and, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So well, let's dive into it. First one's character. Yeah, man. Um, to me, it's, you know, a lot of people say just not, not even dealing with banks, but a lot of people say your credit score, not even if you're applying for a loan, but your credit score tells a whole lot about you as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, and maybe you're not maliciously going down this path, but if you're somebody that does not pay your bills on time, uh, your credit score is a reflection of that. Yep. It's also a reflection of you. In, in most yeah, your priorities and yeah, how you're running your business, your personal yeah. business. Yeah, most instances. Yeah. I mean, there can be that 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 uh, one off to where something happened unfortunate, and this person's actually a good you know borrower, mm-hmm. but they ran into a you know hard time. But typically, I would say ninety percent of the time, your credit score is a good indication of your uh, I'd say business tendencies. Yeah, and I, and I would also just take it a step further, and it was, it was good to come having this conversation with that banker yesterday because he's he's he's. One of my favorites in town. We have a good relationship and very, very knowledgeable. His whole family's in banking. But, you know, his point was I don't even look at the credit score so much as the meat behind the credit score. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, like mine is not the best in the world. I'll, I'll be the first one to tell the audience. You've told me this. And because of all the loans we have and all the business we do, they're constantly checking my credit to make sure I don't have anything crazy out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yep. that I'm not doing something crazy on the side or, you know. Uh, buying boats and all this stuff on credit and living this lifestyle of, you know, Since you're not supposed to, then I'm not supposed to based on what's going on in my life. And so yeah. I get dinged, you know, it's going to be hard for me ever to get to 800, you know, it's credit score. Cause you have, it's annual, right? Some, yeah, most of the banks are annual, but if you do five or 10 banks, then you're, you're getting, getting five or five 10 times, times mm-hmm. right? So just, you know, everybody needs to keep that in mind. So he doesn't really look at the credit score as much as the meat behind it. Like you said, are there a lot of late payments? You know, are there, yeah. you know, uh, is it healthcare? Is it uh, student debt? You know, what's the makeup of it? You know, like I've always heard bankers tell me that student debt is the biggest crutch for a lot of people. Yeah. Because it t- stays on their credit for so long. So long. Yeah. And it's it, it, the balance goes down, but it goes down so slow that 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 debt stays with them and hampers them from doing anything else. Uh, oh, borrower, yeah. Borrowers track. Uh, record for paying debt, reputation created um, on time, 100% of the time, sometimes. I mean, that's, just, that's what you're saying they're going back yeah. and looking for. They're actually looking for a payment history. You know, what, what are your tendencies every month? Yep. I've always been, um, I don't know why, but I, for some reason, and I've got a great score, but I've always been super paranoid about it. I don't, and mm. I, I don't, I don't borrow a lot of stuff. I have, yeah. you know, some personal debt, a house and a couple of car notes, but and then business debt, you know, we've got some houses. But uh, right. outside of that, we don't have credit cards. We don't have right. stuff like that that we carry all the time. I mean, you know, we'll go on vacation on one. But I, what I, my point is, 
we don't carry a ten and fifteen thousand dollar credit card debt all the time. Is your wife's higher than yours? Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. mine is. <laughs> Liz is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what in the world? You don't. You're not doing anything like out there in the. <laughs> it's like. You know, doesn't do anything to have credit, you Dan, know, but Dan, do not say you're not doing anything. Yeah. She's running the home. She's a home operations manager. You're, you're exactly right. That's do not a full time job. My lovely wife, Amber, that she didn't do anything. No, I, I, in I the will. business world. In that's what business. I meant. Putting her, her name on yeah. documents and signing her life away. Yeah. I do yeah. that. Like, I take that <laughs> I stress. To, I take that stress. I try to keep We let off them home. go to Target. Yeah. Right. All right. So, so bank use, uh, the, the banks use, they, they, and this is all credit bureaus mm-hmm. typically, but they use Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. Mm-hmm. They take, uh, you know, most people know this, most people don't, or some people don't. They don't ever take the low and they don't take the high. They take the middle. Right. Whatever the middle score is from Experian, TransUnion, or Equifax is typically what they use. Uh, and I don't know the difference. That's something yeah, probably I should is, dig so, in. Like, why each? Why do you have three? And what are they looking at? Do you know? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. But not not into. I probably don't know because you're get trying to. Trouble. You're working the system. I'm working the system. But <laughs> when you go to a car lot and you mm-hmm. run your credit, your your credit's going to sh- score higher. They value it higher. Hmm. I don't I don't know why. I think it's because you're borrowing less, and, and and I think actually more people have to have a you know have to have a car, so the credit scoring is a little bit easier if you go mm-hmm. get a mortgage the credit bureaus are way tougher now i don't know which one of these is more geared towards the car lending and the mortgage lending but those are the two most popular things that people go and run their credit for a car and a house yeah um so one of these is is a little bit more lenient towards the house and one of these is more geared towards the a car as i went and ran let's see i bought a car last year and uh, ran my credit and heard it and i was like wow that's a little higher than what i thought and then the guy there explained to me, hey, these are a little bit different. So, yes, your bank's going to be looking at that. But that's, from what I understand, mortgage companies and banks, they take the middle, uh, the, the middle score of, of, the, you know, of, of the three. So um, how much do you borrow? How well are you paid at the debt? Those are some things they look at. Um, all of this is that's going to show judgments and liens. It's going to show bankruptcies, balances that are due. And it goes back about seven years. You know, and, and part of this, you know, with character, you know, I think I would suggest people have some sort of alert system on their credit mm-hmm. or, you know, ask the bank for that copy once a year. You know, I think I had a banker call me one time and uh, I think you've heard this story before, but he's like, hey, man, your, your credit score is down like high 600. What's going on? Mm. And I, I flipped out. I was like, what? What are you talking about? And apparently a hospital, <clears throat> I got this idea from another person by the way that i i had an mri and i was like i usually pay things as we go i don't like to have that yeah. kind of debt but mm-hmm. i was like they said well just put on a payment plan i'm like okay so i put on a payment plan well unbeknownst to me unbeknownst to me they put on a, on a collections agency as part of their process the bank i mean the the hospital oh just so automatically automatically no paying it or not yeah it's part of their process i'm like what so it goes to a collection agency so they dinged you know, showing me this, this, this debt. It's so, you know, I'm scrambling. I'm like, hold on, let me get that fixed real quick. So I, I literally went to the, the actual hospital and paid it and paid it. And I want a form. I said, give me a form that shows me that I'm paid full, clear, you know, that I can report to the credit agency. I mean, it took me a month I didn't to realize, clean that up. I didn't and then it went above 700 and something, you know. See, what I understood is that if you made payments regularly and on time to them, that they couldn't do that. A hospital or medical or something like that, if you make a payment 
that they can't send it to a collect. So you automatically, no matter you, you, no payments whatsoever, they automatically send it to a collection. In this case, they did. I don't know wow. if, if if it was a you know, mix up or I didn't I didn't stick around to find out. I just got it off my, <laughs> yeah, right. my credit, you know. Um, right. <laughs> but you know, <clears throat> and then another story comes to my mind. You know, one of our peers in the industry, you know, he he had built some condos downtown and mm-hmm. uh, went in with a guy and and. You know, I heard more of the story yesterday as I was talking through this, you know, he, you know, and then the recession hit mm-hmm. and one of the, the other partner just went, you know, belly up and just fled town, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but our buddy, you know, stuck it out with the banks, was very transparent. Hey, look, I got, I, I chose to get into this. I can't help what, you know, so, he so did and, mm-hmm. and, and what happened to this, this development, but just tell me how we can work this out. And literally, I think he paid like seven or eight thousand a month for like years to try to recoup to to pay that debt off. You know, he could have. You know, the other guy filed bankruptcy and fled town, and you know, yep. try to start over somewhere else. But I mean, to that to me, that summed up character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He he had integrity. You know, what do you think that bank that that the banks that he dealt with when they hear that story or they are involved in that story? Do you think they're going to keep lending to him? Oh yeah, absolutely. No, I know they're going to get their money back from him. You know that a local bank. I mean, I think character is actually the number one piece. Yeah, you know whether what kind of business they they run and how they act in their how, how they handle life. you know how they carry themselves, not just in you know uh, their debt, but how they run their business and how they treat their employees, and mm-hmm. you know they're going to watch all that stuff. So our listeners need to understand that you know the bankers are like you know you're you're being interviewed every time, every time, all day, every day. You know what you report. You know, how you're reporting it, mm-hmm. you know, are you trying to, you know, get one by them, you know, just be open, Yeah. you know, even if it's a bad, you know, bad Experience, situation, tell them about it and how you're going to fix it. How you're going to fix it. It goes a long way with anything, really. Right. As long as they know, you know, but they don't want surprises, you know. Right. Never. Like non-payments. Right. <laughs> Dan, I've got stories of bankers that told me, Dean, I'm at my desk. It's 1030 in the morning. I'm enjoying a cup of coffee and we're banking and a guy walks in with a Ziploc bag of keys. full of keys, drops them on the desk and he walks out. That's better than not answering the phone. It's better than not answering <laughs> the phone. But my man took in our, our, our friend Tully yeah. told me that he was sitting in his desk in South Haven. And he had an investor that they bank with, and he had a gallon size Ziploc bag that had, I don't know, 20 or 30 sets of keys in it. And of course, they've been communicating and talking to him, but he came in and tossed him on Tully's desk and said, I'm done. He literally said, I'm done, and turned around and walked right out of the building. That's funny. <laughs> that's that's uh, for the records. And, and he'll tell you that story next time you talk to him. But yeah, came in, tossed the bag yeah. down, just waved at him and said, that, I, can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm out. <laughs> you imagine, hey, I tell you what, that person's a fun person to talk to at uh, that moment. Oh, yeah. Because they will tell you, and it's like truth serum almost, they will tell you anything and everything you want to know. They will tell you exactly how their experience goes and has right. gone. And it, I mean, if you want truth, you right can get that person right then. Wow. All right. Number two C is capacity. Yeah. Yep. Um, measures um, a borrower's ability to repay a loan, uh, compares income against recurring debts. Um, and it assesses a borrower's debt to income ratio. Yeah, the DTI. Banks talk about this all the time. That's DTI, the first thing they debt go to, to income ratio. So, you know, After most scores, I guess that's what they go to. Yeah, you know, they're going to look at your income that you have and they're going to look at the asset you're buying mm-hmm. and then your global. They really want the asset to have a 1.1 or 1.2 ratio, meaning, 
you know, after you pay the debt and all your expenses, that you've got a cushion of 10 to 20%, basically what that boils down to in yeah. layman's terms. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get bigger, you know, bigger and bigger, they will start looking at global, you know, make sure your job, you know, you could buy a property that, that has a lower debt to service and then your job, you do so well and you keep your personal finances so low yep. that you can cover it globally. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, so they're going to start looking at, you know, um, you from a global standpoint at some point, but they're going to want, a, you know, that 1.1, 1.2, 1.25 mm-hmm. just depends on the bank, you know, and how conservative they are. But so how to achieve this? One of the, one of the biggest kickers of this is what people don't think about is to keep your personal expenses low. You guys mm-hmm. just heard me tell you that, that my wife and I have got a mortgage and two car notes. We don't keep, I, I don't, you know, I don't have a boat. I don't, you know, have a, whatever it may be, you know, credit yeah. card debt or whatever people carry. But, um, that's been huge. Mm-hmm. from the bankers that I've spoken with, they've all said, man, that's excellent. You know, um, build your business portfolio and then eventually they can start loaning you on your business, but they still take your personal assets into account, even when they're loaning on your LLC. So keeping right. your personal expenses low, what's some of those other ones, how to achieve yeah, that? Yeah, just, you know, you know, lo- pay off your credit card every month, keep that debt just for like operating expenses. You know, like for me, I just use it as a way to security, you know, versus swiping a card and taking it out of my personal account. Now somebody can has that number to my personal account. I just use a credit card and use it for like transactional, you know, and then pay it off every month. I mean, don't carry that debt forward. You know what I mean? Like don't. Yeah. It's a good habit to get into. Just don't. I mean, and sometimes people do it with American Express because I think and, and there's a program with them where you have to pay it every month, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just show that keep the debt as low as you can on all your personal, you know, personal side. You know, one things that we did early on was Dave Ramsey system, kind of a tangent to this, like where you mm-hmm. envelopes and, you know, we pull out money every month and it's allocated to certain expenses. And once that envelope's gone, it's gone, you know, so yeah. that that you got to come up with your own personal system to keep your personal expenses low. You know, I think, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and books like that talk about this, you know, as you're getting your W-2 income up, you know, and you're working yeah. this and, and you're buying real estate, like just incrementally change your life. Don't try to go from a 2000 square foot house to a 5,000 square foot. House. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just, just fix your 2000 square foot house. Or add I on. Cause I see it every day. Yeah. You see it. You see it all, all the time. time. People just, you know, keeping up with the Jones is kind of, you know, like, um, the other ones keep liquid assets, you know, cash stocks. Um, yep. you know, your, your 401k helps on your personal financial statement, but that they're not really going to count that. I don't know if people know that, but that's not really going to go to your capacities side of the equation. It's going to look good because it knows you're saving and doing, but you can't, you can't access that money real quick. No. You know what I mean? So you Without need. Without a huge penalty. You need cases. cash. You know, one of my friends that bought, you know, he did really well, bought 10 houses slow and steady. And then he got, you know, aggressive one year, bought 10 in one year. And he just collapsed because he had no reserves. Mm-hmm. You know, every penny was in buying these houses. Mm-hmm. And so. You know, you got to think about that, like when you're going through this and that's part of this capacity question, they're going to look at your global and say, does he even have, you know, if you have $500 in your checking account, <laughs> you know, and uh, nothing in stocks or nothing in CDs or anything like that, like you're pr- it's going to be hard to get a loan. Very. You know, like it's it's going to be tough. So keep all that in mind as you're building, you're, you're going down that track, thinking about being an investor or mm-hmm. building, you know, building to the next level, you know, that that's, that's part of this whole whole equation for and you can build this so this is something that you can build and work on you're not you're not stuck your initial capacity outlook can change it can also go down 
mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. I guess I guess naturally, it's, the more you add, it's going to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the more you take care of your home, the mo- homes, the more you take care of your portfolio, I think it could level off, you mm-hmm. know, where they'll keep loaning to you. But I, you know, just by nat- naturally, when you start borrowing, it, you, you begin to go down unless your income, you know, is just steadily rising and going up. Right. Um, but, but one way or the other, it's got to give. So yeah, that's capacity. Um, you, go ahead. And the only thing that says you're basically, you know, in summary, you're mitigating the probability of default. You're trying to reduce yeah. to the bank's eyes. You're trying to reduce that probability. If if the house goes south, or you had two or three bad months, or no rent for three months, or mm-hmm. an eviction with five thousand dollars in repair, or whatever mm-hmm. that you're able to sustain through there, you know, when it looks when you first buy it and there's a tenant, everything looks rosy. You gotta you gotta you know hope for the best and plan for the worst. That's you right. Know, that's 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 kind of the whole point on this. You're you're preparing yourself for the worst, not for the best. Um, talking to the five C's of credit today, um, how to, um, become bankable. Uh, we talked about, uh, character. We just discussed capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, next C on our list is capital. Yeah. How much money is the borrower willing to put towards a potential investment? Some that's big, that's big. Um, you know, Small banks want to, they want to be in the game with you, right? I mean, they, they, or they want you to be in the game with them. Mm-hmm. They want some skin, what skin. they call skin in the game. They want you to, because I'll tell you this, I've had partnerships and I've seen partnerships. I haven't been in many partnerships, really. I just, I just haven't. I just, they, they never seem to you work, work out. You work well with people? Not particularly, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's usually my way, the highway. But That's right. No, uh, um, I've seen partnerships, um, Develop and and um, I, I just don't. You, you've got to be. You've got to both be in it. If if you have a partnership where the person's coming in and they're putting quote sweat equity and you're the one using all the cash, they do not care as much as you do. It's impossible. Right. It's impossible. As much as they say they do and they act like they do and they want to. They don't care as much as you do. Mm-hmm. If you've got all the cash in it, you're the one that's not sleeping well at night. Right. Now, they might be stressed to get a job done, but it's a job. Right. Right. If they're not actually have cash in it with you, then they don't feel um, nearly the pressure that you do. Um, so banks feel the same way. You know, they, they want you to have that. How much money is a borrower willing to put towards it? They want to know that right away. What are some of the other things that uh, when we talk about capital that you think of? You know, just um, they're just looking at how between your, you know, your capacity and now you got your capital, what's, you know, they're just trying to lower that uh, chance of default. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, part of this whole equation, this gets into a really interesting discussion that could lead into a whole nother tangent is just buying it right. You know, so there are ways to not have as much capital in the game, and there's ways to, you know, circumvent the initial 20, 25% down, you know, conversations. But if you're a traditional investor working behind a desk, attorney in LA, kind of, you know, guy that just wants to put money to work. My favorite investor. You know, so they're going to want to put 25% down. Yeah. You're not going to work. They're not, they don't want to work hard to try to figure out, yeah. you know, buy and refinance and all that stuff. I mean, they, so they're going to look good to a banker, I guess is the point. You know, like, yes. They, the hundred thousand dollar house, and you know, 
it's probably worth 110 and they're going to put 25, you know, percent down. So it's 75 for 110. So the banker looks at it and says, okay, if he just walks away tomorrow, and that's what my banker friend yesterday is like, you know, we're talking about us loaning money. He's like, if you need to look at that house, like, and borrow only what day one, he just all of a sudden he closed and like the next day he's like, Where'd he go? Where's Waldo? He's you know, gone. Like, he's gone. What do you do with that house? Can you do something with that house without losing money? Yeah. That's that's how the bank is looking at it. So that's why that capital piece. So, you know, as you're as you're thinking about investing or or taking it to the next level, you know, start putting that money to the side mm-hmm. that you can use. Now, I would argue and argue's not the right word probably, but you know debate. Debate, you know, like Keep that money to the side and then try not to use it. If the bank will allow you, you know, if you buy it right. <laughs> that's me. That's that's me too. I mean, I, <laughs> I try to buy it right and work with the local banks to refinance it and try to get close to 100%, you know. But I also can show the bank, look, guys, I need to keep this 50000 or 25000 or whatever that number is that you want to share. For a rainy day. For the rainy day, for that day. Yeah. When that water heater goes out, I'm not having to worry about, yeah. I can still make that mortgage mortgage payment to you, Mr. Officer, bank officer, you know, because I got this, re, you know, reserve. So, yeah. but it goes back to character. They need to see, when you start laying this story out, people need to understand as we're going through these five C's, all this needs to tie together. Your story needs to stay consistent, stay true to your word, do what you say you're going to do. So, that needs to happen. You know I've heard I mean? a little trick, uh, this little little trick that I heard a guy tell me one time that he did when he had a bank that wanted him to put 20% down. And I don't remember the exact numbers, but let's just say it was a $100,000 house. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't want to put the money down because the house would have appra- was appraising for 140 or 50 or whatever it may be. But the bank said, hey, look, we, we want something. 20% down, we, 15, we got to do something. So what he offered them, and they did this. It was a local bank. It wasn't Wells Fargo or whatever. He just said, what about I put $15,000 in a checking account in your bank? Mm-hmm. Leave it there in your bank. I'll mm-hmm. use it for this house when I have things that come up. But you can see that that money is there. I'm yep. going to put it in your bank. I'm going to use that bank account as the operating account for this asset. Mm-hmm. As I grow, maybe I can get that money back out and keep going. But I want to assure you that I'm in this with you. Now, hmm. they went for it. And they said, well, because it appraises so high, you are willing to put this money into the account here in our bank. We'll go ahead and loan it to you. So essentially, he had to take 15 or 20 grand out and put it in that bank, but he could go get it whenever. So it was something that that just made, this is another reason why I say go with local bankers, go with guys that are banking, because they can make decisions like that. Like, well, Fargo's not going to do that for you. Uh, Citibank's not going to do that for you. They don't care anything about that. The local bankers can look at that and say, hey, this guy's character is good. Yep. I see on all of his history here, he's paying his debts. Right. He's He's got five houses already. Those right. are clean. He's doing that right. His mortgage, his credit card, whatever he's got, he's paying. He does have a good deal here. I understand where he's coming from. He was willing to put this money in this account, so let's loan him the deal. Yes, I love that you brought that story up because I totally forgot. We did that same thing back in 2014, I think. Yeah. Bought a big package locally, and the bank had us put a – you know, instead of the money down, we we're like, man, we don't put, we don't like to put money down. <laughs> you know, we had a second with the owner, which was awesome. Yep. But we had to put a significant amount of money into the bank account. Yep. And we couldn't touch it for three years until the loan paid down a significant portion. Mm-hmm. You know, because we put on a fifteen-year note, and uh, we just had to wait for that time. Do they have a penalty for you if you took it out? 
They wouldn't allow it. I mean, it was locked. So it's essentially the same thing. This is a little bit different. This guy just put it in a checking account, and he used it as an operating thing. So, I mean, yes, he could. Do you have a minimum? Do you have to keep the 15 minimum or no? No. He just had to start with it. They the just said, put the 15 in here. We're going to gotcha. go with you on your word. Yes, you can come in tomorrow through the teller and come grab <laughs> come it all grab right it all. back out. And, but they're and, watching your character. But they're that, watching yeah. your character then. So that, and that's kind of what he leaned on when he said that, you know, one of the reasons why they did that, the C's that were going over. Yeah. Credit, his capacity was there that he could take this on. His yeah. character was good that he talked about. So when it came to capital, they, they, not bent their rules, but they were a little bit more lenient on him on exactly how that money came as a down payment to him. Yeah, and I think, you know, again, the banks are just thinking about the worst. You know, like, are they going? Yeah, what that's if all they were sick? thinking about. That's all yeah. they were worried about was is he going to walk out tomorrow? Right. Well, if he does, we got a home that appraised higher. We got some money in the in account the right here. Right. They mean, can lock that account. They can lock that account up if you can't hear him. <laughs> that's that's right. exactly right. I'm sure they put those in the, the loan docs. The loan docs. Yeah. We'll lock this thing up. So there's some different ways um, that you can get creative with capital. But the last one we're going to talk about is collateral. I actually have two more. Okay. Conditions. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Collateral and conditions. Yeah. Let me not look at my notes correctly. Sorry. I missed that too. Uh, collateral and conditions. So let's talk about collateral. What is it used to, you know, it's obviously it's, you know, what, what you're using to secure the loan. If you go get your traditional mortgage in your home, the, the collateral is the home itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you go out on a secondary borrowing, uh, not spree, I don't want to use that word, but borrowing uh, mission or whatever, uh, you've got to have some kind of collateral. Uh, typically, it's it's the house, of course, that you're borrowing on, and then, um, um, you know, what you're going to put up if it's an unsecured loan, a secured loan. Um, the better the deal, the more willing the bank is to loan on it. Um, yeah, because they've got to sell that to yeah their, their board, board, their committee, you know. So, and it goes back to that one little story I told last week, like where the collateral, the bank just didn't feel good about it. You yeah. know, the actual asset we were looking at buying. They didn't like it. Didn't like it. So, um, which is their prerogative, right? I mean, like, like, you know, some banks, how often, let me ask you this. How often do you, that's a good question. How how often do you find the bank is going to check out the asset? Most of them are just going to look online, Google maps, look at, you know, their, Mm -hmm. their tools they use to look at values. They don't really, Mm -hmm. you know, until you start getting, you know, multiple properties, or a million dollar property, or a million dollars worth of property, you know, multiple houses or a big apartment. Yeah, they're going to they're definitely going to drive those. You know, one off houses, not so much. You know, now hard money lender. It, we've talked about this before. They're going to look. They're yeah. going to look at the property. They don't yeah. care nearly as much about, about you the person. As the property. Yeah. Mm-hmm. all those other five C's are out the window. There. Oh yeah, they don't. they're just looking at the collateral, the asset. <laughs> that's you know, we, right. We, we call it asset based lending. You know, that's, that's all that right. is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the better the deal, the more willing the bank is to loan on this. The the quality and the stability of the property. Um, we've got B B neighborhoods, low crime. C neighborhoods, a little bit higher crime and no jobs. Yeah, I mean, think about. I mean, you hear enough, and you've helped enough people now in the last couple of years. Like, how willing is a bank to loan to a twenty five thousand dollars house or t- in Lawrence Mound? They're not. I don't know. I don't know banks that'll do it. No, I mean, and it's and it's interesting because it kind of plays into most banks will tell you they don't want to mess with something under fifty thousand dollars, and they use they use it as it's just too much work for not enough money. Yeah, you know. But at the same time, they also know that the you know the saleability, resaleability, it's harder. You know, they're going they're going to loan you a, you know twenty five thousand dollars on a house in Orange Mound, and when they take it back, or if they have to take it back. They might could get ten, because there's no investor in the 
out there. The investors are salivating over that. They're salivating. They're going, like, I'm not the paying you 25. Yeah. yeah. I always joke, you know, one of my bankers, one of my good friends over at First Alliance, he uh, he always he always jokes with me. He's like, why is it every time you bring me a house is worth 50 and I bring you that same house is worth 20, you know, 15 or 20. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's just name of the game, Two man. Opinions, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, it's just the conditions uh, that, that are happening at that time, you know, that the... The collateral is just worth more, you know, when I bring it to you than when you bring it to me. So, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, you know, I think when a bank sees you, because it ties into the character, the debt, that's, the, yeah. you know, the the collateral, the, um, was it the condi- conditions, I believe, mm-hmm. um, the capacity, you know, if they come to you with a house that you're, you're trying to buy that uh, you're wanting a loan on it for $80,000. You know, and it's worth seventy or eighty. You know, or used to do that, huh? They used to do that. They used to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, or they'd buy it for. I mean, the, when people ask me, like, what was the difference back? You know, how did I make it through the downturn? The biggest thing that I saw was just that we only wanted to loan what we owed for the property. Yep. You know, and so banks are real leery of people that are going in there and they try to buy a forty thousand dollars house, put ten in at fifty, get it appraised for ninety. And try to get eighty percent of nine seventy two thousand. They want they want to check for twenty thousand dollars. Man, that closing. was a big game. That was and a huge. That game. was a big game in what fifteen and sixteen. No, back earlier than earlier. That. Yeah, like um, I'm talking about late two thousands. So two thousand eight, nine, ten. Yeah, before the crash. Just I mean so, that's so that's six, seven, eight before crash. Then yes, crash was eight, nine, ten. Yeah. So what happened was people would take that fifteen, ten, twenty, and that was their living money. God, you know, and man. so. You know, when they took that collateral and they over leveraged it by just leveraging it to the hilt, you essentially, uh, when that game stopped, you know, well, guess what happened? Yeah. Property tax stopped being paid, mm-hmm. maintenance stopped being performed, and then you're in an uphill battle because that that interest rate on property taxes isn't it like eighteen percent or sky it's sky high. high. So if you don't pay your property taxes, there's huge penalties. So then you can't then the, those guys could never recover because. The banks swung the other way and stopped, you know, and so by by taking your collateral and leveraging it the right way, you can be more successful in that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it just it just it works better. So one of the one of the main things too with this collateral that we've talked about and in, in our notes here too, we've we've had a whole show on this, but buying mm-hmm. it right. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I've I've seen I, I was sent a house in an area yesterday that mm-hmm. I love. <laughs> love it. I saw the address, saw the house. It's like, man. And the guy wanted 55 for it. It's like, ugh. Hmm. I didn't want to pay over 41. Now I, I looked at it. I looked at the pictures. It's like, there's no maintenance. Hmm, it's good to go. It's good to go. Yeah. Everything looks great. I just couldn't do it because I'm not buying it right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I couldn't pull it. Now, if he was around 42 or 43 on it, then I'd, I'd have already you know, had it under contract. But I, I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to do it because it's just not buying it right. I'd live by it. You know, I've, I haven't bought enough homes to have a bad lesson on that yet, you know, where mm-hmm. I bought something wrong mm-hmm. and, and, and knocking on wood or whatever this material is made of here. I'm trying. Uh, for Micah. Uh, for my, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to ever have that happen. Everything I can and, and you know, I'll ask you, 
Hey, would you <laughs> a perfect example? That three house package in that area that man, we you probably trying have, to get me to tell like, you to buy on, it, Dan. Tell me to buy this thing, yeah, because it penciled out great. Oh yeah, penciled it out great. good. But the area, you just you know, you, there's so many things that factor into buying it right. And and if you stick, I think you know to to sum up a little bit of this, the you know the five C's here are important. I think buying it right is has all of these encompassed in it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're, yeah, that's a great point. I think uh, um, it's going to sum up everything for yeah. that banker. If you can buy it right and you're showing your due diligence to get there. So we got one more. Talk yeah, about conditions. conditions. Yeah, yep. I mean, conditions, the last one. I mean, conditions, you're going to look at uh, what's the current market. I mean, big, big picture. Big picture stuff. Market conditions, you know, are, you know, uh, what's the interest rates? What's your amortization? What's... Uh, um, what's the economy looking like? What's the job rates? You know what I mean? Like how many how many deals does that bank have under their portfolio? That's right. It's their they, condition too. That's their condition. You yeah. know what's the uh, percentage they have for rental houses? Yep. I mean you've heard Tully talk before. Like, hey, got to put the uh, the halt the halt the turn the faucet off. You know <laughs> I've got you give me enough. Mm-hmm. You know so all those conditions play into um you know and then you got to understand. So we talked about that a little bit last week where. You know, each bank's conditions and the way they look at the conditions is a little different. Yeah. Because each bank, especially local, so I mean, we're, you know, a Jackson Bank, yeah. You know, uh, a Memphis Bank, you know, West Tennessee Bank. Each bank has a board that's made up of certain individuals with a history from new construction to manufacturing to accounting. rentals to accounting, and that accountant may have been specialized in a certain type of real estate. So. Yep that board is going to have a flavor of what they like and what they don't. Yep. It's not a right, right or wrong answer. What's that's what people don't understand. They get frustrated sometimes. If they get denied from a bank, yep. that bank might have way more single family homes than they want to carry. And it that's, has nothing to do with you whatsoever. The, no, it's you're, you're, you're bankable. We you're, talked about last, you know, with these other C's, but we're just not the interested. conditions that, that the market, they see it, they have economists. They they deal with economists. Like mm-hmm. so, you got but you got to understand that when you talk to your local bank, you don't want to go into, you know, you don't try to put a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, you know, like go to the bank, find out what that board makeup is, find out what their appetite is, find out how they look at deals. That you know, because that bank officer you're dealing with is going to have been before that board or that loan committee. Dozens and dozens of times. Yep. So you start learning people's patterns, what they're going to challenge you on. You know, that's that's one of my favorite bankers is what they can tell you. Like they help you shape the story. Yeah. To prepare you for what they're going to present to the bank. Does it goes back to last week's show too about local banks and how to use them. Right. I mean, if you and I know this is kind of a series that we're running here, but if you go back to last week's show and listen to this week's show, you should be able to you know, correlate what we talked about last week into this week mm-hmm. and have them kind of combine because you're looking at what the bank wants. Sum up, Dan, sum up for me before we go the five C's of credit in about 15 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think to me, it's it's on the banker side, it's, it's looking at the borrower yeah, and how they, all the different ways they're slicing and dicing us. Mm-hmm. And then on our side, we need to think about how they're looking at us and then yep. reacting and creating a plan, a story, a process to cover those five C's so that when we go to the banks, we're bankable. You're checking. Man, that's it. You said it all. <laughs> Coming bankable. As Howard Stern says, you've said it all. You said it all. All right. All right. Hey, thanks for listening. We yeah, appreciate man. you guys. We'll be back here next Tuesday on the Memphis Real Estate Hour. We'll see you then. Let's try.
darkness 